you know, this is dope because I have legit somebody straight from a playoff victory in PNC. Y'all already know. Don't bite your tongue. Almost messed it up. But you know, we couldn't do that or whatever. Okay, there we go. Stuff is all together. Y'all already know the voice, you know, you know the dreads, you know everything, but I have literally a just, you know, a companion, a homie, and what I literally found out about a couple of weeks ago, whatever, also fellow king darius over here my homie andrew what's good imam what's up man how you doing i'm happy to be here thanks for having me on the little podcast hey i, I i'm excited you know I, I literally almost broke my uh twisted tea or whatever so you know i saw that twisted tea is the real deal kaylee kaylee got us started on the twisted teas i, I shouted around man I, I brought some out last episode or whatever i was like yo this is this is for you <laughs> <laughs> So um, before before we get into everything with, you know, literally just you, you, you're you live from like, you know, victory, you still got the victory sweat on you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, um, still victory sweat, still dealing with a little bit of a hangover, even though it's almost <laughs> like a full day later, not I love a big it. deal. Um, and you went to work. I love and it. And I went to work a little late, but whatever, that's fine. We won't talk about that. Hey, it'd be like that. It'd be like that. It'd be like that sometimes. So yeah, fresh off of a game one victory uh, was there last night. And it was a blast. Kane's got a big dub, 5-2, and it was electric. Uh, we put 12,000 people into that, uh, into PNC, and that oh, yeah. is by far the most people we've had in that arena for a long time. Uh, it was expected to just be 6,000, and we got a late approval from Cooper and everything to increase those numbers to 12,000. It felt like there was 20,000 people in there. It was electric yesterday. Hey, he said, he told us mask off, man. You know, he- Mask he, off, he, he straight up told us that. So <laughs> that was too cool. Governor Cooper is a he's a he's a goober sometimes. That was I want amazing. I want to know who sent him that. I need to know now. Mask off, fuck it, mask off. <laughs> and we're see, out here. We're doing it. See, I almost got so excited. I almost forgot my super intros or whatever that. And the Hornets are just upsetting me so fucking bad. It's ridiculous. I I getting, don't even know what's on the TV. Getting slapped. Right. I would. I'm, I'm not to change you, the I channel. Watch it anymore. Yeah, I'm not to change the channel. But, um. Remember, like always, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend and tell a friend. Links and everything going to be in the description in the bios below. Um, I guess to catch all people up or whatever, because, you know, we going crazy this week. Um, uh, we got hockey, as you're listening to whatever. Hockey, um, resident hockey specialist means, analyst here. Hey, it, look, this is a long time in the making, but trust. Um, 
on Monday, shout out to homie Kaylee. We dropped parts three and four of the Peacock exclusive John Wayne Gacy Devil in Disguise. You know, creepy status. Um, I'm not going to say. A maniac. That dude was, that dude oh, was he, a nut job. In, insane, though. Insane. I'm not going to tell y'all what's coming after this episode because, you know, still top secret or whatever. But hey, y'all know what other playoffs is supposed to starting up. Yeah, I'm gonna just mention that, and of course, in and off the week with wrestling, uh, we had WrestleMania backlash, and <sighs> for y'all that already saw it, whatever I mean, fucking no spoilers because y'all probably don't know what we're talking about. There were zombies to promote that um, Day of the Dead, Night of the Dead, whatever movie Batista's in now. So God bless. It it, it was ridiculous. Um, leave five stars and everything, and if you're not leaving five stars, in the words of Hall of Famer David Aldridge, leave that shit to yourself. <laughs> Also, check out the links. Um, shout out to homie Don. Me and him dropped a new uh, freestyle, you know, for your head top. We'll put that in the description. So, you know, check out that new heat. <sighs> but with that being said, man, hockey. I'm, I'm going to look into the, the notes and the little bit of knowledge that I have. I'm going to start hockey. this off with great the... sport, man. I hope I hope after this, you might be a little bit more interested in paying attention because it really is, in my opinion, the absolute best sport. You know, you guys all tell me that and everything too. Well, fuck it. Before we get in there, or whatever you know, we've been meaning to do this with you. Like, it's, yeah, you're, you're an incredibly busy man. It's hard to get a hold of you. I understand that. You know, it's it, I love love the moments we do run into each other because it's always a blast. I mean, it, and it's, it's always always fun. fun. You know, no matter where, whatever the setting is, it's always fun. I I know this story, but I want you to tell the fans your introduction to hockey. Um. Well. Yeah. I recently this, have heard this. So I, I'm, I, it's a great story, guys. I'm telling you. It, it is a good story. And I'm, I'm very fortunate. And this is a story I'll be able to tell for the rest of my life. Um, but I moved to North Carolina in 2001. And I ended up moving to Nightdale, North Carolina, which is a small town right outside of Raleigh. And the neighbors across the street from me, uh, the dad was the strength and conditioning coach for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. And he had kids my age. And they were some of my best friends growing up. Uh, so whenever one of those three kids couldn't make it to a game, they got to take turns bringing one of their friends to the game because being a coach for the team, they got season tickets, of course. Um, so I started getting to go to games with them. And I'm coming from a place where I knew absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing about hockey at the time. I was nine years old. I moved from New York. And the craziest part is when we lived in New York, we lived right next to where the Islanders play. We were within walking distance of where the New York Islanders played. But neither of my parents knew about hockey. Uh, so I just didn't. I mean, I played soccer growing up. That was so hockey was totally foreign to me right. when I moved to North Carolina. But I started getting to go to these games and I really found myself starting to fall in love with the sport, with the speed, the intensity, the physicality, the fights, just all of it. And I got to go to these games and hang out with some of the players afterwards in uh, either in the locker room or when in the wives room when they're passing through. And as a nine-year-old, getting to hang out with, you know, professional athletes is really just one of the craziest feelings. And, uh, yeah, so I got to start going to games then. And when that year, 2001, was when the Canes went on their first cup run. And right. they made it all the way to the finals and lost to the Detroit Red Wings. So unfortunate, but um, I just kept watching, kept going to games, kept doing all these things, um, started playing roller hockey with my neighbors. That was really my first step into playing myself was playing street or roller hockey with them. And I just, I really started to fall in love with it. And uh, 2006 came around and that's when the Canes went on their second cup run, this time actually winning and beating Edmonton in the cup finals. Um, 
which was amazing. So I don't know if you guys know this, but whenever a team wins the Stanley Cup, each player and each coach gets one day with the cup where they can do whatever they want. So my neighbor, who was the coach on his day with the cup, he did a 5K run in the morning for leukemia. Uh, and nope. then in the afternoon, he had a little pig picking where uh, he invited some of his friends and his kids got to invite their friends as well. And the Stanley Cup is in attendance. So I got to go to this party. I got to talk to NHL players. And then I got to drink champagne out of the Stanley Cup, which as a 15-year-old was super cool. I'm pretty sure that that was my first alcoholic beverage was champagne out of the Stanley Cup. And I remember the, the guys who travel with the, the cup, they wear these white gloves all the time whenever they're handling the cup. So they have it in a big crate and they pull it out of the box. And all of a sudden the champagne bottles start rolling out and everyone starts getting in line as they're filling the cup with champagne for everyone to get a sip. And I remember looking at my mom being like, mm, am I going to be involved in this? And she gives me a little half nod and tells me to go ahead and get in the line with everyone else to drink champagne out of the Stanley Cup. Um, after that, we drank or not drank, excuse me, we ate ice cream out of it. You know, we had dessert out of the cup and everything. And that's just a super cool, super cool day. I'll, I'll never forget the day that I got to party with the Stanley Cup, hold it, kiss it, whatever, drink champagne out of it. It was, it really was something. And it was that summer when I decided that I'm playing ice hockey now. Uh, right. So I went ahead, my, my, I'm still pretty young. My parents made a deal with me that if I saved a certain amount of like my uh, chore, my allowance over the summer and could afford to pay for half of all the gear, because one of the most unfortunate things about hockey is the cost of entry. Right. Um, the gear is expensive. Ice time's expensive. It really makes it, this is super unfortunate, it makes it really inaccessible for a lot of families, especially lower income families and stuff like that. Right. So my parents made a deal. They were trying to teach me a lesson about savings that if I could save enough to buy half the gear for my birthday present, they would purchase the other half. Uh, so I did that because at that point I really wanted to play. Um, so saved up, managed to get enough to get half the gear. They paid for the other half. And at that time I started taking, you know, learn to play or learn to skate lessons, learn to play all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I still, I still play today uh, in a, you know, adult beer leagues, stuff like that all over Raleigh and Greenville. Um, and it's, it's literally one of my favorite things to do every game day. I wake up that I know I'm playing that day. That day is just automatically better than another day. When I tell you that is a, fucking intro for the first time on this podcast that's i mean there, there's flexing and then there's fucking mark henry world strongest man right here god dang i love it man if people had to hear that man that's that's awesome it, it's great i'll be able to I'm, i'll never get the chance or i most likely won't ever get the chance to do that again um that coach is no longer employed by the team and i don't have any like close connects like that so that was my one time with the cup and i mean I, I i loved it and i fell in love super fell in love with hockey then and play it to this day it really was cool damn that's that's a story dog my gracious I, i'm still over here myself like what? i can't i can't even fucking imagine that being like i don't know the panthers or even god forbid the hornets in like three lifetimes maybe you know <laughs> maybe maybe one day for the hornets oh man that is yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. Um, so also a little bit too before we get in the playoffs or whatever, just a little quick thing for me and other people who really don't know hockey like that. Um, did they do a full 82 game season this year? Not this season, no. Uh the season was reduced to 56 games. Interesting. Okay. 
seasons usually start in October, um, right. but because of COVID and everything, there was that long pause last season, and then they did a bubble for last season's finals and playoffs and everything. Okay, I <clears> but that, that just pushed into you know the off season and when guys would be resting and all that kind of stuff. So they had to delay the start of this season to January, and in order to try and start next season on time, they reduced it down to fifty six games. Um, little, little side thing, whatever, because you know, you know, you know about all sports or whatever. I, that's what I like about you. You know, would you have been interested in some form of like um, play-in tournament, kind of like the NBA is experimenting with this year? Um, I would, and that's kind of what they used last season because nice. not everyone finished. You know, uh, not everyone played the same amount of games and stuff. So, right, in order to give folks the benefit of the doubt, teams that were close or kind of on the bubble, they did a play-in style tournament last season. This season, I'm fine with the way they did it because they set it at 50, 56 games. Everyone played their 56 games, and then they took the the top 16 teams, um, made the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, this, is, this is another one of those things or whatever. Um, to you, who do you think would probably be this year's MVP? I'm, I'm not even going to go through all things or whatever because I guess I would say who MVP, what, maybe goalkeeper, I I don't even know a lot of hockey names anymore, man. At one point, I was decent, but sure. Uh, the this year's MVP is pretty much one of the most like clear cut cases of it's unanimous who the MVP is this season, and it's Connor McDavid for the Edmonton Oilers. He had mm-hmm. one of the most insane seasons in modern hockey history. We're really? talking, we're talking like Gretzky numbers. What he did. You have to scale it because scoring is way down from when Gretzky played. In the 80s, goalies were terrible. So Gretzky could just, you know, kind of do what he wanted without having to have the same amount of, like, skill and speed that modern NHL players have to have now. But in 56 games, Connor McDavid scored over 100 points. Jesus Christ. Almost two points per game pace, which is just absolutely wild. The next highest player had, like, 84 points and was one of his teammates, actually. Crazy (laughs) enough. Um, And... Yeah, he, they, there's all these things for hockey where they do era adjusted. So they look at scoring in this era and how successful he was scoring in this area and comparing it to, you know, scoring in the 90s, scoring in the 80s. And that's when most of like the most, the best scorers played in the NHL. So guys like Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux and Yaramir Yager and all these other guys. They, uh, so they look at uh, McDavid's numbers and adjust it for the era and adjusting his numbers for the era, he has one, if not the best season of all time. That's crazy. He was on an absolute tear. He is a cheat code in the game. He has the best effective speed in the NHL. Um, He's a great player, great vision, and just had an absolute monster year. Nothing that we've ever seen. So there is no doubt in my mind that Connor McDavid was the best player in the league and the MVP of the season. That is insane to hear. I'm not even going to front. Um, man, I lost my whole train of thought or whatever with that one. The dude absolutely balled oh. out. It was amazing. Oh, um, so you said in the game, whatever. Are you still playing? Um, Are you getting NHL, whatever, like every year? Not every year. Um, okay. The I used to play a lot more than I do now. Right. I still do play a little bit. Um, I think the last one I got was probably 19. And I'm due for a new one because at this point, the rosters are a little outdated. And especially being a Canes fan, as we've gotten so much better 
uh, <laughs> I want that to be reflected when I play folks online, come through to kick their butts and everything. Um, but no, not every year. I do still play not as much as I used to and I'm due for the next one. So probably next year's game I'll get. It's just that the NHL games, you don't see that much development or improvement for on a year to year basis. It's similar to a lot of these other sports franchises where there's not a lot of competition. They're not driven to really like make these big sweeping changes to improve the game. And NHL kind of suffers from the same thing. Do you know their developer? Pardon? Do you know their developer? Oh, it's EA. Oh, really? Okay. Shout out EA. He's seen that in a long time. What's that thing? EA Sports. It's in the game. Yeah. It's been a minute. Because, of course, you know, 2K and everything. And then. You remember right the last time we kicked or whatever? I told you I was getting the show or whatever. I, yeah, I'm playing obsessed. MLB the show. I'm obsessed, dog. I'm obsessed. Uh, I, I used to like MLB the show. I haven't played that at all in the last maybe five plus years, but I used to have fun playing that game too. Shout out my my player or whatever. The only homie on the uh, Montgomery Biscuits with dreads out here. The Montgomery Biscuits. Let's go Biscuits. I'm trying to think, is there anything else big with the season or whatever that I guess you would know better than me before we get into um, the playoffs or whatever? Well, this season did have a shape compared to previous seasons. Um, There are typically four divisions, two conferences, a Western conference and an Eastern conference. Right. Um, This year they had to make some changes because the NHL has several Canadian teams. And with the COVID protocols and Canada's rules and all that kind of stuff, Canadian teams couldn't just pop back and forth across the border to play U.S.-based teams and then go home without a quarantine period. So they shuffled all the divisions around to make one division just Canadian teams. And it was actually a lot of fun because a lot of these Canadian teams have some long history and rivals, rivalries and stuff. Right. And they had to play each other a bunch this season. So because they had to shift all the divisions around to put all the Canadian teams together, it kind of trickled down and all the divisions had to be altered a little bit. Um, This season, there were no conferences. There wasn't an Eastern and a Western conference, just the way that the teams and the lineup worked and everything. So um, usually each NHL team plays every other team at least once during the season. Okay. You play your division opponents the most conference opponents more and then you play you know teams out west only once or twice something like that but this season um you only played within your division so the canes were in the central division and played every opponent in the central division eight times Mm. they didn't play a single team outside of the central and that's what's going to make this iteration of the playoffs really interesting is that some of these teams when we get to the semifinals they'll have had no familiarity with a team because they just haven't played them yet this season. They're just going off tape. Just pure off tape, and it's tougher to adjust, and you don't know exactly how they play. It's different to play them than just watch the tape. Right. Uh, so this one's going to be interesting uh, because the first couple rounds of the playoffs are still going to be only in your division, but once you get to the semifinals, we'll be playing a team that we haven't seen, you know, at all this season. We haven't we haven't played them once yet. I kind of like that because it gives more of a. I mean, which I love. The way you you know like the NBA has their formatted or whatever the bracket, but I, I kind of like that because it gets more of a like a you know NCAA approach or whatever. Like yo, you never played Butler, you know what I'm saying? Like right, like holy shit, we just got to go watch them and, you, and it's different, yeah. Like and said, figure it out, like right there on the spot compared to oh shit, you know. And another thing that having to play a certain team eight times in a season, it like and especially because 
some of these division alignments were different than in years past. Uh, the Canes division had a couple of teams that we usually don't play more than a couple times a season. So to see them eight times, some rivalries started building up, some bad blood started building up. These teams were getting, it almost was like a playoff series within the regular season because you'd have a home and home with the team and then you'd go on the road and play them right after that and stuff like that. So it ended up building up some good rivalries and some good bad blood against teams that you're not used to playing against, which was fun. It was fun to watch. Nice, nice, okay. So let's get this bad boy kicked off, man. Um, let's do the East first and everything. Um, the one-four matchup between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. Uh, Pittsburgh had a pretty good season, uh, all things considered. They had injury issues. Sidney Crosby, who has been one of the best players in the league for a long time, he's a, should be a household. He's still player. around. Oh yeah. Um, I know that's one. Of the, that's one of the names. I like. I'm like you. You said yeah. I'm like, wait. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, Sidney Crosby's been doing his thing for a long time, but I mean, he's getting older now, and he put on a just. He had an excellent season this year. Um, good point production. He's always been one of the smartest players on the ice, right. and always one of the most creative players on the ice. And he just. I mean, he played well this season. So considering what Pittsburgh had to go through in terms of injuries, Malkin, their second best player, has been out. He missed a lot of time. Um, and then they have a couple of defensemen who are newish or like not, you know, uh, not what someone would consider like a good player, a good defenseman for them to finish first in the East division, which is typically those teams. A lot of those teams play each other regularly and it's always a bloodbath, (laughs) um, for them to walk out of that in first place. It's impressive. That was a good season for Pittsburgh. Islanders are a super stout defensive team. Uh, they can really wear you down by how controlling of a game they play. They don't take as many risks. And with that, they, you know, they stack their blue line. It's tough to get his own entries against them, stuff like that. Uh, good goaltending, great coaching. They have one of the best coaches in the league. So that series to me is really a toss up. Um, I have the Penguins advancing, but I think it's going to be a, a tough, tight checking series. How many games do you think? About six. Uh, six. Okay. I think it's pens and six, and I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. Islanders, if they get on their game, their defensive game, it can be so frustrating to opposing teams and opposing teams' offenses. They don't feel like they have the space or time to make the decisions that they want to make or the plays they want to make, and it can really be draining on a team. So uh, you can't count the Islanders out, even though they finished fourth. There was a stretch where they were leading the division, so and they made some deadline acquisitions who seemed to be – paying off uh islanders kind of limped into the offseason uh but i i wouldn't count them out they're a good team okay um the two three matchup between the washington capitals and the boston bruins two of my least favorite teams (laughs) shout out to them um i am hoping for a seven game absolute bloodbath where neither team (laughs) sees themselves doing well but that's just because i'm not a huge fan of the caps or bruins um that is an interesting one. Bruins added this dude, Taylor Hall, at the deadline. Taylor Hall had been in Buffalo and miserable in Buffalo. He had one of his worst seasons of all time. But Taylor Hall is still a former MVP of the league. Uh, and since they added him at the deadline, he has looked electric for them. He is scoring goals. He's making plays. He had this really great one the other night where he tucked the, pulled the puck through his legs right in front of the crease, dangled the goalie, and put it away. So... Bruins added a huge, huge 
person in this Taylor Hall edition. The Capitals, I mean, the Canes have a lot of familiarity with the Capitals. Alex Ovechkin, another name that's been around for a long time. Yep. Um, He had a great season as well. Scored a lot of goals. That's the thing he's best known for. He might be, or probably is, the best goal scorer of all time. And he has a legitimate shot at breaking Gretzky's goal record. Is that actually close? Is it close? He still has like a hundred something goals to go, I think. Yeah. Um, Maybe more, but if he, like people have done all the math that if he scores 30 for his next three seasons and 20 for the two seasons after that, he could potentially break Gretzky's goal record. Mm. And that's in an era when goaltending is better. Pads are bigger. Everything is better. The goaltenders are freak athletes now. And for him to be scoring at this insane pace is, I mean, he has to be the best goal scorer of all time. But uh, in terms of this series, it's going to be a good one. Again, these East teams, there was no super standout team like we saw in a lot of other divisions. They were all kind of close. So I have this one going the distance, a full seven-game series. And I think the Caps are going to pull it out. Um, I just think that... I mean, I, it's really tough, honestly. It's really tough to, 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 to choose this one because they're both good teams. They both know how to play. They're both effective in the playoffs, and they both have a history of going far in the playoffs. So it's not easy to make a choice there. But I have caps in seven. Okay. Um, let's get over to the, the north, you know. The... All Canadian. The all Canadian north. Big bad. Um, I, I'm I'm so terrified. I'm gonna get one of these teams' names wrong, whatever. But the one four matchup between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the is this the this is not the Canucks, is it the Canucks? No, Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens. Uh, I knew the Canucks was a different logo. Yep. ESPN uh, failed as soon as I needed it to. I was like, oh, of course you. <laughs> so Montreal kind of limped in. Um, they were not particularly good for a lot of the season. Uh, this is probably one of the more lopsided matchups we've talked about so far. If not the most, it's definitely the most lopsided matchup we've talked about. The Maple Leafs are a good team. As much as it pains me to say it, the Maple Leafs are a legit contender this season. They have an excellent offense. Their goaltending has been a little shaky, but if they can find a stretch of solid uh, goaltending in the playoffs, they're going to be fine and they're going to go a far way. Um, this one should be pretty easy for the Maple Leaves. I think Maple Leaves win in five. Nice. It's interesting. A lot Good of people think sweet. that the Northern Division had the worst defense and goaltending. So most people think that whenever these North Division teams finally make it out of their division and play a team from another conference, that it's going to be – they're not even going to have a chance. But I don't know. I think the Oilers are good – or not, excuse me. The Maple Leaves are good. They've got some great players on offense – Probably the best current goal scorer is an American kid named Austin Matthews. And he plays for the Maple Leafs and he scored, uh, what, 30 something goals in 56 games, which is one of the best goal scoring seasons in a while, too. So that was impressive to watch. And it's great to see a young American kid playing like that. But Maple Leafs in five. Nice. Um, the 2 3 matchup in the North between the Edmonton Oilers? Yep. And the Winnipeg Jets. Bingo. Um, This one is a matchup of Connor McDavid, the dude who is definitely the MVP. He plays for the Oilers. Um, And his teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, who's a German. That is a name. (laughs) Leon Dreisaitl, yeah. He was second in the the league in scoring um, against 
Winnipeg, who has some great guys, uh, you know, Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, they have some real good players out there. Um, they made one of the biggest trades this season in sending Patrick Lina, who was unhappy in Winnipeg, to Columbus for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's a French-Canadian guy who was unhappy in Columbus. So they kind of shifted dudes who needed a change of scenery. Um, Winnipeg's got great goaltending. Their goaler is Connor Hellebuck, who the last couple seasons has been near the top of the league in all you know your major goalie metrics. Uh, also an American guy, so that's exciting too. But I think that Edmonton, just based on star power of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl alone, make it out of this series, but it's closer. I think it's a six-game series for Edmonton. Nice. Um, from there, let's go down to the West. So the 1-4 matchup between the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. The Colorado Avalanche are an absolute wagon of a team. They are a filthy, filthy team. They have so many layers of scoring. They have a great defense. One of the best defensemen in the league, one of the best young defensemen in the league is Kale McCarr. And right behind that is a dude who they traded to the, traded from the Islanders is Devin Taves. Those two are two excellent defensemen. Then, of course, there's Nathan McKinnon, who is always in the running for MVP or best scoring player in the league. They've got depth behind them. Uh, Miko Rantanen had an excellent goal-scoring season. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog, their captain, is always an effective, efficient, you know, can always impact the game. He's a great player as well. This series is totally lopsided. It's going to be the Avs. It has to be the Avs. Avs <laughs> won the President's Trophy, which is the NHL award for the best regular season record. Okay. And it took a they, – they had to win their last game in any fashion – and they were going to win it over their divisional opponent, the Golden Knights. And they did it. They won that game against the Kings. And because of that, they got the award for uh, best regular season record. They are an amazing team. It's tough to beat them. They can approach the game all different kinds of ways. McKinnon, has he's like a bull in a china shop. He's got speed. He's got power. He's got all these traits. And he can score at will sometimes similar to, you know, something that Connor McDay's and player, awesome to watch, hyper-competitive team. They're going to go a long way in this tournament. Um, and I have them beating the Blues. It might be a sweep. I, I could see it happening in four. Uh, if it takes five, I feel I feel like that's realistic. But the Avs are a wagon. They're a great team. A straight-up sweep here. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they walked in and out in four without even breaking a sweat. They're so good. Really, I always love it too with hockey or whatever. Because like, this it's one of the few sports where, but like, yo, eight C could just beat a one and it's nothing. People be coming back from like oh three leads. Like, what in the hell, man? It is possible, and I mean, I mean, any given team can beat anyone on any given day. Like, that's just that's hockey is one of the most luck influenced sports out of all of them. You can score goals just based on luck, a deflection, a tip, you know, or stuff like that. So uh, hockey is very driven by luck and bounces. That's a huge thing you'll hear teams talk about is, oh, we didn't get the bounces tonight. The puck just didn't end up in the right spot for him. Didn't bounce the right way. It's a game of inches, just like a lot of these other major sports, but it, it can just be differently impacted by luck, just pure luck. Uh, so it, I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset at any point, but I just don't think it's the abs who are going to be upset. Okay. Um, the two three matchup in the West, we have the Las Vegas Golden Knights against the Minnesota Wild. 
This one's interesting because Vegas was as good as the Avs for most of the season. They are also an absolute wagon. They have layers to their scoring. They have Marc-Andre Fleury in net, who you might remember from his time playing with Crosby and the Penguins. He used to play for the Penguins, and he won a couple of, uh, couple of Stanley Cups with them. He was kind of on the way out this season. They weren't sure if he was going to play that much. Uh, he had seemed – there was rumors that he was a little bit frustrated, things like that. Because the other Vegas goalie is Robin Lehner, who played fantastic last season. But Marc-Andre Fleury proved he's still around and can still play elite hockey, even at his older age now. And he put on a he, – he had a great season, uh, looks fresh, looks young, and played really well. So Vegas is also an awesome team, and I have them as almost as good as the Avs on my own like power ranking of the teams right now. But the team that gave them the most trouble throughout the regular season was Minnesota. I think they walked nice. out with us. I think Minnesota beat them six of the eight times this season, mm. which is playoffs are a whole different animal. Don't get me wrong. Like last season, the Canes uh, didn't beat the Rangers in the regular season and swept them in the play in. Uh, so anything can happen just the same as anything else. But this one's a lot more interesting because Vegas has shown that they have a little bit of trouble containing Minnesota. Minnesota, no one expected to be that good this season, but they added uh, Kirill Kaprizov, this kid from Russia. He's in his mid-20s at this point. I think he's 23, so he's a little bit older to be just starting in the NHL. Uh, but he is an electric player. He's fun to watch. He's creative. He's fast. He does all these things and brings a ton of energy to the team. And based on him alone, kind of like that, that culture that came with him, they have shown to be really successful this season, and especially against the Avs who they beat six times. And uh, this one's a lot tougher. I have Vegas doing it, but I have it taken seven games. Okay. Really interesting. I think, I think that's going to be one of the most interesting first round matchups um, is Vegas and Minnesota. And Minnesota actually won game one. It was a 0-0 game, went to overtime, and Minnesota got the win. Joel Erickson escorted. Shout out to you two with these names, man. Like I swear, like maybe it's kind of like with my girl and she's like, "How do I like with basketball loaded with certain people?" Because like it still bothers me when people say John. Honest, like the Joker or whatever, but it's like, yo, it's Nikola Jokic. It's Jokic, Jokic not but or Giannis instead of Giannis. Yeah, just you know, hockey has a ton of uh, players that are you know not. American basketball, right. you know, most of these dudes are American. You have a couple of Euros in it, but hockey has, you know, mostly Canadians, but a whole different subsect is the French Canadians. And the French Canadians' names are a little bit trickier than, you know, a standard Canadian you, you name. You killed that Russian name earlier. Yeah, that, he's, he's been stellar this year. I, I'd be upset if I didn't get his name right because he's been amazing to watch. All right, man. And um, let's get over to what people have been listening to this pod for, at least the homies I know, whatever. The central. Um, but first, let's go ahead and start off with the uh, the two three matchup between a uh, little, little Florida action, the Florida, Florida Panthers action. and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, Florida action is big. Um, these teams have been around for a long time, and this is the first time that they've met each other in the playoffs. So it's the Battle of Florida, and it is going to be one of the craziest series you're going to watch. Nice. Uh, they played each other a couple times to finish up the season, and those games started getting really intense really physical. There was a game with a hundred something penalty minutes, dudes fighting left and right. Uh, 
hits left and right, all that kind of stuff. So they, they were already building this bad blood before the playoffs even began. Big Florida energy, you saying? Big Florida energy, yeah. This is Florida man one and Florida man two going at it. <laughs> and their first game was an instant classic. I'm telling you, this is one of the most fun hockey games I've watched in a long time. It had everything. It had, it had a high score. It had tons of chippiness, tons of little scraps here and there. Good goal to good play from everyone. And it ended up being just an electric, electric game. Um, Lightning, they're playing tonight again, actually. But uh, when they played that classic game, ended up being 5-4 Lightning with uh, the Lightning scoring a goal with about a minute and a half left in the game to win it. But it was it, – this is an instant classic. This was a game that makes new hockey fans. If you're a casual person who decided to just on happenstance tune into this game, that's the kind of game that hooks you. It was, it was so much fun. It was spectacular. And that is going to be a tough series. Both those teams are really good, really good this season. And Lightning got the benefit of adding a couple of guys who were injured back to the roster just in time for the playoffs. There's okay. a whole big discussion about if it's cap circumvention, all these different things. But uh, Nikita Kucherov, who a couple seasons ago was the leading scorer in the league um, and played excellent. You know, Tampa won the cup last year. Uh, they're, they're a stellar team. They didn't lose too much. Uh, so Nikita Kucherov got hurt and had off-season surgery and didn't really play at all during this regular season, even though some folks think he might have been ready about a month ago. But the Lightning couldn't fit him in because he would put him above the cap. And right. NHL has a hard cap. There's no like luxury tax or anything. It's this number. You can't go of it. You can't go over it. That's it. So he came back. He was healthy just in time for the playoffs which a lot of people think is a little bit suspicious. But uh, <laughs> if anything, Tampa Bay saw that they could, you know, use these rules to their advantage, and they did. So you can't fault them for, you know, using every com- getting at a very competitive advantage that you can. Uh, but that was a big difference between the regular season Tampa and the playoff Tampa is Nikita Kucherov, and they didn't have Steven Stamkos for most of the last month. He's back. He's an excellent player as well. Uh, those two would be first-line players on pretty much any team they went to. Uh, they've got other guys like Braden Point, who's a stellar player. Victor Hedman, who is a perennial Norris, which is best defenseman in the league, uh, award candidate. And Florida, no one really expected anything from Florida this season, and they came to play all season. They, they were spectacular. They got good goaltending from Bobrovsky and Chris Drieger. Drieger uh, Barkov, Alexander Barkov is their first line center. Uh, he's, he has had the title of like most underrated player in the NHL for years now. Uh, that dude is an amazing player, smart, great hands, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Jonathan Huberdo is another guy on Florida who's someone you have to watch out for. He can score. He had two beauties, beauty plays in their first game. Um, this series, I have literally no clue who's going to win it i'm hoping for a seven game series where they both come out exhausted (laughs) because if the canes win they're playing one of these guys next and that is going to be a tough matchup because both these teams are stellar stellar teams who would you rather see the the canes more than likely going up against i think florida um tampa has more experience in the playoffs right and you know they won it last year with this same core essentially 
You defend and, the champs. Okay. Uh, they're they're the they're the reigning champs, and uh, the Canes had a little bit of trouble against them during the regular season. There was, I think, a three-game stretch where the Canes lost all three against them, and Canes had a lot more success against Florida, who we kind of beat up on for most of the season. But like I said earlier, regular season doesn't really matter when it comes to the playoffs. It's just you know who's 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 ready to play, who's prepared better, who executes better. But in terms of who I'd prefer to see, I think it's the Panthers. I think Tampa is just ridiculously dangerous. Their goalie, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, folks call him the big cat, had an amazing season in net, uh, is definitely going to win, in my opinion, should definitely win the Vezina, which is the award for the best goalie of the year. Um, Between him, their defense to stout, they've got three lines of solid players. Tampa is dangerous. I'd rather see Florida next. I like that. It kind of makes me think of like, you know, over here in the NBA right now, whatever, like people are literally tank. They were tanking and ducking certain shit because no one wants to see the Lakers. No, it's like, yeah, they're a little hobbled or whatever, but it's like, yo, if healthy, it's the Lakers. They've only gotten better since last year. It's still the Lakers. Exactly. And And it's still LeBron and it's still all that kind of stuff. So I get that. I mean, I'd want to dodge the Lakers just like I want to dodge Tampa. It's the moment the people have been waiting for, man. You know what I'm saying? Big Canes energy. You were just there last night, man. Big Canes Five energy. Five-two victory. Let's the go. one seed in the yep. um, Central. The Carolina Hurricanes against the Nashville Predators? Nashville Predators, okay. yeah. got it. Um, this was one of the Nashville. best Canes seasons in history in terms of uh, just how they played, the consistency with which they played. It didn't seem like they take nights off. Um, and this in terms of like our over, I mean, we won the division, the, the central yeah. division, Canes won it. And that's, that's huge. We haven't won a division since 2006. Damn. And that's the last time the Canes won the Stanley cup. So this team believes in themselves. They've got high hopes, high aspirations. They've got a great culture in the locker room. Uh, shout out to the head coach, Rob, the bod, Brenda Moore, who has absolutely gotten the best at, out of every player that he could. And he, he relates to the players. The players respect him. You listen to any post-game interview where Rod comes up and these guys are telling you that they would run through a brick wall for Rod. Rod just gets him fired up and he, he brings this culture of preparation, effort, and just working, working, working. And they, I mean, it's, it's really paid off. They've been, they've been spectacular all season. Kane, similar to a lot of these other really good teams, have layers of scoring. Kane's first line, second line and when our captain Jordan Stahl is on third three lines of scoring we have one of the best defensemen in the league in Dougie Hamilton um and our goaltending which is typically one of our biggest uh Achilles heels is usually our goaltending all of our goaltenders we had three in rotation based on injuries and stuff like that for most of the season all of them played excellent and Peter Mrazik and Alex Ndelkovic who are going to be our two main guys going into the playoffs they were both league leaders or near the top of the board in, you know, save percentage, goals against average, shutouts, all that kind of stuff. So goaltending really took a great, great step up this season. And that was super fun to watch because as a Canes fan, we've seen years of mediocre goaltending. And folks would say, oh, if only Canes could get average goaltending, they'd be a playoff team. Well, this year we got well more than average goaltending. We got stellar goaltending. And that's an amazing, amazing thing to have, to have a just a locked-in tandem of goalies on your back end and then up and down the lineup the canes have skilled fast fun players 
Sebastian Ajo led the team in points again. He's probably my favorite player on the Canes. Um, Svechnikov had a tougher regular season, but he seemed to kind of started figuring things out later on in the season. And his last couple games, he was putting up good numbers, looked more engaged, all that kind of stuff. Martin Nietzsche is one of the fastest players in the league. He's a one-man zone entry show every night, night in, night out, stellar player. And then some additions, uh, like Vincent Trocek, we added last season kind of late. He has been a godsend for us and just has scored an excellent amount of goals. Nino Niederreiter, bounce back season after having a down year last year, been scoring a bunch of goals. Uh, Canes are a wagon, just like Vegas, just like uh, Tampa, just like Colorado Avalanche. The Canes are a wagon, and it's been one of the most fun things for me. I just night in, not out getting, you know, you sit down, you're watching a game and you expect to win every single one of them. Nashville, we had their number all season, um, but they've kind of figured out their game here toward the end of the season. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as some people might think. Mm-hmm. I think it's Canes and five. Okay. Um, sweep. That, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if Canes swept. We've been just so good. And the way we played last night, our first period was a little bit off. Everything else after that, we looked great. And Nashville's biggest strength right now is their goaltending. Uh, UC Soros is an excellent, uh, excellent keeper, Tendi, and has some really good numbers to, to back that. And a lot of the tail end of the season when they were super successful was on the back of UC Soros. So if the Canes can crack UC Soros, it's over because we have them outclassed in pretty much every other position on the ice. They've got a couple of good defenders, but they've taken a step back. Roman Yossi, who was the Norris winner last year for best defenseman, mm-hmm. um, has played well, but he hasn't played Norris caliber level like people have come to expect from him. Um, one of the biggest weaknesses for Nashville is their offense. They've got a couple of guys who can really make an impact, but they have to spread them out amongst the roster. And because of that, they don't have the same depth or just outright scoring potential that the Canes have. I think it should be – It's any playoff series is tough. There are no easy playoff series, but right. in terms of these matchups, this should be one of the easier ones for the Canes. No, the people can't see this and everything. This is an audio podcast, but what is that beautiful black jersey that you showed me a while ago at the beginning of this episode? Who, oh, who, yeah. Who is God, that? That's the Canes sweater. I don't have anyone on the back of it. Oh, okay. Um, I've wanted to get Sebastian Ajo on it for a couple seasons, and I just haven't done it yet. But uh, this is their black sweater, and this is what they'll be wearing throughout all of the playoffs. It's got the cane, the hurricane warning flag on it. Nice. Um, and the Canes have, I mean, most hockey teams have three uh, jerseys, and this year they added a little fourth called reverse retro. Um, so the Canes have their red home jerseys, their black alternates, and their white road jerseys. But the Canes as a team have really come to, like, bond with this black sweater. So in the playoffs, all our home games will be wearing the black sweaters. Okay. That's my favorite one I have. I have a red. I have all, I mean, I have a red one, a, white, a black one, and a white one. And that's the one I wear the most. That's my favorite one. Oh, man, see, uh, I, I'm glad, too, because you went through everything with the first, you know, first round everything. We're going to bring you back on. You're going to be our hockey insider, and every, you know, for playoffs. Permanent hockey insider. I'm down. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Um, I'm trying to think before we get you up out of here, whatever. Um, we, we went through anything or whatever, like, but you know, you would say, like, there's 
if, if an upset happened or whatever, you wouldn't be shocked, but just would there be one where you're like, huh, I don't know, maybe. Uh, one upset that I would be surprised to see or one upset that I could definitely see? Mm, both. Okay. Uh, an upset that I would be super surprised to see would be Preds over Canes or St. Louis over, uh, over the Avalanche. I think those are two of the super short thing series. Um, an upset that I would be, that I could see. Um, goodness. Bruins over the Capitals. That's a two, three. Uh, if the Bruins advanced, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, those are both, those teams are close. Um, Isles over the Penguins is possible. So both in the East, I could see, uh, could see some upsets. Wild over Golden Knights is possible just because of the Wild's regular season success against the Knights. And in the North, I don't see one happening in the North. But um, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. You can't count out any of these teams when it comes to the playoffs. And sometimes all it takes is your goalie getting hot at the right time. And right. if your goalie gets hot either halfway through a series or to start a series, they can really kind of carry through that series. And, and you can pull off a major upset based on that. So the time of us recording right now, like, you know, normally I say, guys, we don't like to, you know, date these, but, you know, it's, it's sports, you know, so it's a little, little bit different or whatever. Because normally we don't date these because these are all timeless episodes. But sure. the time of this recording, um, Penguins are up 2-0 on the Islanders in the second. Y'all don't do quarters. What is it, periods? Periods, yeah. Period. Three 20-minute periods. Okay. Yeah, the Penguins are up 2-0 on the Islanders. The Lightning are up 2-0 on the Panthers. Oh, um, okay. About That's probably the game I'll be turning on first. right after we're done with this. And at 10 o'clock, we have the Wild and the Golden Knights. Should also be a good game. Um, I'm definitely turning on Panthers and Lightning after this. That's going to be – that should be another fun one. Uh, seeing Florida down 2-0 is a little bit worrying for Florida because they didn't win the first game. And they're the higher uh, – they're the higher seed in this. So that means this game was played at home yeah. and the previous game is at home. And if they lose both at home and then have to go on <laughs> the Tampa. road to Tampa, <laughs> Tampa could make quick work of it and it could be a four game series. I really, I had high hopes for the Panthers, but Tampa is just more experienced and Wick had adding these two stars and Kucherov and Stamkos back. The, the whole scape of the team has shifted. And that that's a dangerous team. If if I think Florida has to win some of them, but if they can't get a, a win tonight at home and have to go on the road to Tampa, it's going to be really tough for them to climb out of that hole. Mm, not looking too good. About like, uh, you know, guys, if you're listening to this or whatever, and you'll hear it tomorrow when we record basketball, my Charlotte Hornets series is ending in Indiana. R.I.P. Yeah. Hornets. You know, I might go jump off. The, let me stop. No jumping off anything today. But it's, it's not that we just gotta, got beat. We got smacked. Like, you Jesus gotta give Christ. respect to what the Hornets did this season. No one expected this out of them. We did. I mean, honestly, Melo didn't even have to come back. He came back from a wrist injury. I respect it. You know, Hayward was hurt. A lot, a lot of injuries. Just, but hey, the future looks a little bit brighter. I agree. I think with some help at center, you guys are going to take a big step forward and with the continued development of what Devonte Graham and miles bridges, I don't know if you guys are going to keep both. I think they're both due for contracts, right? Uh, I think that I think bridges is a second year. I think they're both second year. Yeah. Okay. So maybe um, like after next year, 
after next year with the way those dudes are developing and how Mello played this whole season. I think the, the Hornets are finally looking up now. Man. Um, last two things before I let you up out of here or whatever. The first one has to do with um, hockey, I guess. This is, this is going to be your bread and butter and everything. Like, what are you looking forward to these next couple of days? Uh, Kane's play again tomorrow. Can't wait for that. Are, are you um, attending again? Are you attending? I didn't. I, I don't had think so. no clue that you were going to be at the game and everything. And I just get a, I get like two snaps or whatever. I, like we were already said, like, oh yeah, we're doing this tomorrow and everything. And I was like, this motherfucker didn't say he was at the game tonight. Holy shit! Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought um, you had a hockey game, like a game yourself. Shit. One of my one of my teammates has season tickets, so she has playoff tickets, and her. Uh, her dad, I think, just had surgery, so they have a couple extras for tomorrow's game. And she reached out and asked if I wanted the two tickets. And I don't know. Yesterday was exhausting. We tailgated for hours, then <laughs> went to the game, um, and then I had work today. So it was a, it was definitely a tough stretch for me. But uh, it's tough to say no to hockey to a playoff game. The energy in there was electric. I mean, those twelve thousand, they really sounded like a full house. What, what um, goes harder, a Canes uh, a Canes tailgate or an ECU tailgate? Ooh, probably an ECU tailgate just in terms of like outright party atmosphere. But in terms of like having a solid tailgate, the Canes do a great job. Um, we had we had a lot of fun out there. And that was my first time tailgating in, you know, since COVID started because I couldn't tailgate for ECU games. Right. And uh, this was the first couple games that PNC was allowing tailgating. So I took a half day at work. Uh we got out there at almost four o'clock. The game was at eight. So we had a solid three hour tailgate. I got nice. on the news a couple times. That was something I got interviewed for it and everything. And oh shit. So that's definitely one of the things Canes tomorrow uh, is definitely something I'm looking forward to. I I'm supposed to play hockey tomorrow. I, I do have a game, but I might pass up on that game to get another hit of that, <laughs> hit of that playoff <laughs> hockey. I need it injected, man. It's so good. We, um, we we need you to get interviewed again, like yo, you know, official hockey reporter for Don't Bite Your Tongue with Mookie. You know, what there saying? you go. If, if they ask me again, I'll definitely shout you out. Um, <laughs> I did like a five minute interview, and they cut almost all of it out. I got two lines over two segments, and uh, yeah, one of them was just me saying I was excited, and the other was saying that you know, having uh, this is my this is my first Canes game that I got to go to this year, and just saying that not being able to go to Canes games has been tough, and I was super excited to be out there. And I was. I mean, we we had a blast, and uh, being on the news is cool. Just getting texts from some folks saying, "Oh yeah, I saw you do that. Saw you on there." Nice. But that's just fun stuff. I'm gonna send you. A, I'm gonna send you this in a second or whatever. Like it, go, it takes me back to one of the few hockey joints I have in my saves or whatever, where they had the one dude after the Capitals won. Yo, this is great, DC. We needed this. We got some asshole in the way. And then they, they, they was like, "No, no, 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 no." And they got him the fuck out. Oh, of there. Oh yeah. That- <laughs> That's funny. I, I tried to keep it clean for my, my interview. My man had the middle light in hand. I was oh, he's trash. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this is something you might find interesting, but Tampa Bay, a couple of games ago, uh, started the first all-black starting line. In an Saw NHL that. Game. Yeah, that was that was really dope, man. Um, let's say another quick question or whatever. Um, you know, we, we talked about the diversity of hockey, and I actually, you know, going to look up pictures and everything for this order, I saw, like, Hockey's a little bit more woker than I ever would have thought for it. Not even going front. Well, it's, it's getting there. Uh, there's still a lot of issues in hockey with diversity and stuff. That that's a, that was a major uh, issue of contention this season is that, I mean, like I said earlier, 
hockey is one of the more inaccessible sports because of its cost. Right. And so lower income families just have a way tougher time uh, being able to pay for everything that it takes to play hockey. Ice time is super expensive. The gear, especially the higher end gear, ridiculously expensive. Um, so that, that has been an issue. Hockey has been an old white, white man club for a long time now. So to see some of these more diverse folks coming through, it's, it's awesome. And uh, the NHL is trying to be more inclusive. You know, they have this whole movement, everyone can play, which is, you know, in support of LGBTQ uh, folks and uh, just stuff like that to, to try and make the environment seem inclusive. Yeah. The Canes do a really good job of it. Uh, they, they have a, you know, a pride night or a you can play night each right. season and stuff like that. And, and, and they do a good job, but I think under the surface, there's still a lot of some of these old timey stereotypes and stuff that, that still exist in hockey and uh, shifting the culture is a thing that people have been trying to work on, but there's still, there's still work to be done. I, I like the little bit of progression though. I, I will, you know, that's, it's incredibly dope. Every bit of it is is good. I mean, the, the more the more that they can advance and you know become more inclusive and more diverse, the better the sport gets for everyone. Because I, I say the same thing. At least like you know, maybe some young kids will see that, but like yo, you know, I could do this or whatever. Because I feel like back in our childhood, it was way more black people that played baseball. I don't see nobody. Now. I mean, shout out Mookie. You know what I'm saying? Of course, I'm. A, I mean, come on, my namesake. But right, I don't really be seeing the brothers out there playing baseball like back in the day. I don't, you know. Uh, I don't watch too much baseball, so I can't really. Nobody does, right? <laughs> I can't really speak to you know the the, the trend in diversity. Um, but baseball has a lot of Latin influence. I know yeah. that, and uh, you know your Dominicans and all that kind of stuff. They're they're all playing baseball. So uh, yeah, I mean yeah, I'm excited for what hockey's been trying to do. But like I said, there's still a lot of work to be done. Last question before I get you up out of here, man. This has been a great episode. I'm, you know, this was fun. I'm telling you, you said, you know, you know, I was like, no, nah, don't tell him. We just flow with it, man. Yeah. You're doing great. Last question before we get up out of here, because, you know, this, this, this big Carolina energy and everything. Unfortunately, the Hornets really couldn't hold it down for, you know, for us like this. But Kane seemed to be like getting to the top or whatever, rooting for him or whatever. I'm putting my little flag on. Hell uh, yeah. I'm going to go grab one from bro or whatever. <laughs> Maybe buy me a dad hat. That'll be kind of dope. There you um, go. Have you heard J. Cole's new album? Yes, I have. Your thoughts on the offseason? Shout out or whatever. Um, guys, y'all will be getting a review of that coming out this week. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I like it a lot. I think it's a good J. Cole album. 95 South to start that album yes. is just with Cam on it. Would you cam? piss Cam on rapping? Would you piss? I was pissed, dog. Oh, man. I needed, I I, just... I needed a Cam, if not a verse. Maybe at least give me like a couple lines, just man. something, yeah. Jeez, uh, it was a T. Then a little Johnson at the end of it? Yeah, right. I wasn't even God. ready for that. Little John and the East Side Boys, shout out. Mm. Um, no, I think it's a good album. It's, it's a little bit different. It feels almost more like mainstream than some of Cole's last albums. Um, I think like kod was very uh niche and it's like sound and it's message and everything i don't know More i feel like this just has no kod yeah i think that this is just has a little bit more of a mainstream sound but um i think i think it's an excellent album and i was surprised by the 21 savage feature i don't know why <laughs> i just wasn't expecting 21 the, savage the, the b-side to a lot is what we called it yep uh but he's up there and i mean i went to dreamville and uh j cole had 
uh, 21 Savage there for the for the Dreamville Fest. Uh, but no, it's it's a good album. I've listened to it probably twice through now, and it'll definitely get some more playtime or some continued playtime on my on my playlist here. Hey man, Carolina strong. We we yeah, we're doing shout this. out. Let's go, Carolina. We, we raise we, up. <laughs> you take you know take a sweater off. Swing around your head just like a helicopter. Shout just out, just like five a one. helicopter. Two I was doing two. that all day yesterday. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Yo, dog. I'm, I'm telling you, you 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 were great on this. I, I'm I ready to have it, you back. And this is my first time doing something like this, so it was it was a learning experience for me, and I was excited to be a part of it. I love it. I'm getting all the homies on. That's that's all I that's all I've ever wanted. You know. Yeah, you got to put your homies on. Um, you know, with that being said, special hockey edition live from the nosebleeds playoff edition. Um, remember, like always, guys, to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend links and everything in the description in the bios below. Um, you know, leave a comment, rate us five stars. You got anything other than five stars? I mean, like I said, in the words of Hall of Famer David Aldridge, leave that shit to yourself. <laughs> we don't need that negative energy over here. Um I didn't say this or whatever, but I, I have, you know, I am done adding to the May Showers 21 playlist. That's going to be in the, like the link tree. Check out all the playlists available in there on Apple Music and Spotify. Unless you're like, Andrew, and you don't have either of those. You know, I'm sorry. Nope. I, YouTube I, music, baby. I gotta, Let's go. One I don't really few. have YouTube music or whatever like that. Um, but yeah, check that one out. Also, check out myself and the homie Don, our new um, our new track on SoundCloud, Immaculate Freestyle. You know, spitting some little bars back and forth. I'm gonna shoot you down. I, I can't remember if I shot you down. I'm gonna, you you sent it, but I just off. didn't. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Bruh, I snapped. I'll check it out. Say. Don't worry. Don't worry. You know, l- little biased or whatever. But you know, just your, your boy went crazy. I'm ready um, for the heat. <laughs> uh, I, am I, I gonna I, have to get a fire extinguisher? Is my house in danger here? Is is, is Mr. Winder? Uh no he's in he's in Nightdale actually okay I'm about to say because I don't know if he can I don't know if his legs he can run out fast enough man. <laughs> those Just little saying. tiny legs aren't gonna get him far that's type of heat we we talking on this one or whatever man but excellent I'll definitely listen we we going crazy this week man it's it's excellent I appreciate you dog you know this means a lot appreciate Coco's you, over here knocked out my twisted T is almost gone so you know what I'm saying I got to get this joint edited up man so. He goes by the hockey aficionado, the homie Andrew. I'm Mookie, of course. And until next time, to let us out.